But, you know, I love this series that we're doing on the presence of God. The presence of God is my favorite, favorite thing in the world. But, you know, you cannot have the presence of God without the Word of God. I got my Word on my phone here. Without the Word of God, um, they have to work together. The Bible says to worship Him in spirit and what else? Come on. That's the Word of the Lord. It's the truth. So we have to have a balance of both. So today, while we're talking about God's presence and we're talking about pressing into his presence, really what I'm going to be putting a big emphasis on, we're going to pretend like this is my Bible and it's really just a cute little journal. Um, (laughs) But it's the word of God. The word of God is what is going to sustain your life. Amen? Amen? Come on, I've tasted it and I've seen it, and it's real, real good. <laughs> I love when we, were, when we were just practicing, we always throw in extra choruses in case you didn't notice. We like to repeat things over and over again. Um, if you're not used to that, that's what we do here. And um, <laughs> we believe in the power of repetition, amen, because you know why? It's not just repeating, repeating. It's getting on the inside of you. Come on, it's called meditation for a reason. You've got to say that thing over and over until you begin to believe it and sing it. And um, hopefully you walk away with those melodies in your head and in your spirit so that when you're facing hard times, you can remember, oh, don't give up. Never give up and he never will. Man, that's a good, good word. Amen. So this morning I want us to go to John 10, 10. I bet you know this one. Somebody knows it. <laughs> take a breath. I'm going to take a breath because, man, I sure do love to worship. Uh, BJ and I were the worship pastors here for probably 13 years. So that's the benefit of having pastors that are worshipers, worship leaders. We worship for a long time. Woo, it's so good. All right, come on, somebody. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. What does this one say? That they might have it more abundantly. Let's read that in the good old King James. For the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that I might give life and that they might have it more abundantly. All right. So think about what abundant is. Abundantly. If you're not living in the abundance, then we better get back to the word. Amen? Because he said he is the word, right? And the beginning was the? And the word was? With God, was God, is God. Amen. Forever and ever. Amen. So, so I want to I talk a little, just for a minute, about abundant life. I want to talk about what that means. And, you know, I was thinking about... The presence of God, how does the presence and how does abundant life go hand in hand? Because, well, I'll just tell you, in God's presence, there's fullness of joy. In God's presence, there is no lack. In God's presence, there is healing. In God's presence, there is joy. It's full joy. It's not just a tiny portion. I think, I think Will was saying that this morning. There is a fullness of God's joy. And you know what? I begin to think about that this week. You know, a lot of us know these scriptures. You know them better than me. A lot of you can get up here and tell me that scripture. I'm sure you've read it a million times. Maybe you've heard it a million times. But the thing is that we can know things. We can hear it. We can repeat it, like I was talking about earlier. 
but we're not actually experiencing the presence and the abundance of God. We're, we know it, but we're not actually encountering it. And so I want us to just dive in a little bit more in that because I want you to think about that. If you are just generally in a bad mood, then you're not pressing in. I mean, I'm telling you because that's what the Lord told me about me. <laughs> because I can't preach anything that I haven't lived. Um, so if, if I have a bad attitude, it's because I'm not actually pressing into his presence. Because anytime you press into God's presence, like we were singing earlier, every time I lift up your name, what happens? Something changes. You cannot stay the same in God's presence. You can't. It's physically impossible to stay the same. It is. It, you can't be, you have to be changed if you can look all through scriptures and see anytime someone truly gave Jesus their full attention, full attention, they were changed every time. Whether he went to their house, whether he was walking around, whatever he was doing, they were changed. And so if we are not actually being changed, then what are we doing? What are we doing? We're just coming here. We're singing some stuff. We're giving each other some lovings, but we're not changing, right? And I think that the whole idea of going from glory to glory is being changed. You can't just stay the same. You can't keep your same bad attitudes. We can't keep our same grouchiness. I'm saying that because, hey, I can get grouchy sometimes. Never. No, not me. Okay, so this is my journal. The reason I wrote my message in this journal is because I love to journal. If you don't journal, try it. It's amazing. So I like to journal, and I like to just sit with the Lord. I write down my prayers. I write down frustration. I write down good stuff, bad stuff, beautiful stuff. I write down plans for my life, goals for my life. I just write it all down because it helps me because I can be all over the place <laughs> in my mind. And when I put pen to paper, it just helps me see things clearly. And, you know, God always speaks to me when I'm journaling. So I started doing that a long time ago, and it's, it really is awesome because I love to go back and see what the Lord has spoken. And I will read it, and I'm like, man, I wrote that in, like, you know, 2018, and I'm experiencing the breakthrough right now in this year. So it's kind of cool. So um, in, my, in my journaling, I was kind of frustrated, and I was writing some stuff to the Lord, like, you know, about my husband, because he's not here. I can talk about him. I'm just kidding. I tell him to his face. He was being really annoying that day. And so I'm just writing in my journal. I'm like, Lord, you need to take care of him. Mm, excuse me. And the Lord was like, no, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to work on your heart today. So if you'll let me, I'm going to work on your heart today. And I think one of the things that I wrote was, I just feel like I'm the woman with all the issues. Anybody relate to that? Can I get a witness? Oh, okay, just me? I didn't know. So sometimes, I've, sometimes the enemy will like to tell you that you're the woman or the man with all the issues. I'm just the one that's the Looney Tune over here. And everybody else has it together, right? That's a lie. Don't believe that. That's the devil. It's not because he came to steal and he came to kill and he came to destroy. But what did Jesus come to do? Come on, I like to be interactive. That's right. So he came to give life. You better look to your friend and say he came to give you life. 
Okay, look to the other one and tell them that too. Don't leave anyone out. Okay, <laughs> so, so I'm talking, I'm, I'm literally talking to the choir today. So sometimes we can feel like we have all the issues, right? We're the woman with the issues, the man with the issues. This is just who I am. You just, you know, get used to it. But actually, when we're in God's presence, things change, things happen. And I want us to get into a story about a woman with some issues, okay? You might have heard this one before. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. All right. So this is a safe place. So if you have issues, Jesus is going to take care of them today. Amen? Come on, because he already took care of it on the cross anyways. It's just time for us to just believe it and, and encounter it. Amen. So here we go. Let's see. Let's read it. We'll read up here. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood for 12 years. And some other translations say issues, which I like. Um, she had an issue of, of, she was bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. For she said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. I love that word, whole. See, God wants us to be whole, not just feeling good and happy and things like that. Yes, that's part of the abundance. But whole, being whole, I mean, you have a picture. You can, I'm sure everybody has a picture in their mind of what that looks like. What would it look like if all of us in this room were completely whole, right? There, was no, there were no parts in us that had problems, issues, right? No anxiety, no depression, no distraction, no anger, no pain, all of those things. All right, so I want us to break this down really quickly, really quickly. I just love this story so much, and I just, wanna, I just want us to um, just imagine for a minute. Jesus had an assignment. There was a man. He came, he, came to, he came to Jesus, and he said, my daughter is dying. I need you to go. I need you to go, and I need you to raise her back, right? He, he was on an assignment. I think uh, Pastor BJ has been talking about that moving from assignment to just at, the, at his feet, right? If Jesus, Jesus had things to do. He had people to heal, people sick to, to raise. He had dead people to raise from the dead, right? He had things to do, but he always stopped for the one, and I love that, even, even when they weren't, even when they were just being sneaky, sneaky, sneaky in the back. <laughs> she was just kind of sneaking. <laughs> hey, he don't care how you press, he don't even care if you get in the flow and somebody else presses you. He don't care. He'll heal you. He's good like that. <laughs> so, okay, this lady, she had been suffering with the same thing for 12 years. Now, I'm sure our, I'm sure our uh, historian over here could tell me all the details, but I know that she had to be away from everyone else. She had to be in a tent, and there were most likely all these different ladies different stages of life, and they're all in the tent with her. And man, do us women like to talk. 
right? Men like to talk too. If y'all met my husband, he is a talking machine. <laughs> but I, was, I put myself in scripture. Andrew Walmack always says that. He puts himself in scripture. So imagine these women, they're, they're here. She's been here for 12 years, honey. She knows the round. She's showing everybody the ropes, right? She knows what's happening. And I know she, even though she's not in town, she knows everything that's happening because women, we like to talk, right? She knew everything that was going on. And then you know what? The thing else that I was, I was reading this and I thought, this is an interesting picture to have about this woman. She also knew about her story like nobody else, right? She knew all of her issues. She knew all the things. So not only did she, was she getting the talk of the town, but she also rehearsed her own problem over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Say it with me over and over it she literally kept telling this story over and over again you know she did honey I've been here for 12 years I know oh yeah oh I know it gets easier you get used to it right you get used to it it's fine it's fine I've been dealing with this for 12 years oh honey this is new to you but it's fine right she knew about her issue and she had been to lots of different doctors. She had wasted her time, her energy, her money, her conversations. Everything was wrapped around this issue. And last week, BJ talked about, I can't even say it, I think it's Kava, about how we need to begin to be wrapped up in the heart of Jesus, and his heart needs to be wrapped around us, and our heart needs to be wrapped around him. Well, I guarantee you, you wrap your heart around Jesus, your issues can't stay. Because that love will just suck the life out of them issues <laughs> and bring life. Come on. So she knew everything about her issues. She knew everything, every opinion that people had about it, she knew. There was whatever kind of research was available, she had it. She had, she, you know, whatever. They didn't have, they didn't have WebMD and, and blogs and all the things, but she was getting whatever she could. And she spent all of her time, all of her money, everything into this. She was constantly aware of it. Why? Because she had to be completely removed from everyone. So she was complete. It was like this in front of her at all times. And I started thinking about that. Is that not us? Is it not us? We think our issue is the worst one out of the whole bunch. It's the only one like its kind. We're the only one who's been suffering for 12 years. We think we're the only one, and that's the lie of the enemy. The enemy wants to say, you're just like this woman. Just, you know, unclean, whatever. She was constantly aware of her issue, and the issue began to take up her entire life. It took her relationships. It took, if she had children before, it took them, because she couldn't even be near them. She couldn't be with them. And every single thing she was trying, everything she was doing was not working. It was not working. Oh, but here's the best part. I just love this part. But she heard about Jesus. Come on. I guess it does not excite you as much as me, but that's okay. <laughs> and then she had been there. She had been bleeding for 12 years, but she heard something. These women are starting to tell about, have you heard about Jesus? Oh, my 
he was like, amazing, oh my God. <laughs> you have no idea. You've never seen anything like it, girl. <laughs> I just, <laughs> in my head, everything's animated, so. But she heard about Jesus. She heard about him. You know what testimonies will do? They get on the inside of you. You're like, wait, but I heard about somebody that got healed. So you know what? Maybe God could heal me too. You know, when you hear a word from the Lord, when you hear about Jesus, you know, it, it changes some things in your head. When you begin, we talk about hope all the time. Hope is my favorite thing. Hope is the best thing, right? Because it directs your faith. And when that woman started to hear about what God was doing in the midst of all these people, when she heard about Jesus, she heard about him, she started thinking to herself something. And I love this part. I love it. Because a little spark of hope lit up on the inside of her. Come on, when you hear the word of the Lord, it ignites hope and faith inside of you. So this lady had heard about Jesus. So the first thing we have to do, y'all, I made a list, like BJ. <laughs> I was trying to be consistent. In our, no, um, first thing you gotta do is you gotta listen. You gotta hear the word, but we don't just listen to any old good old word. Listen to his word. Listen to him. There's a lot of reports out there, but there's only one report that you should believe. There's only one thing. There's only one way. There's only one word, and it's Jesus. So there is no replacement. I think we've said this for the past couple of months. There is no replacement for the of Good. It ain't my word. It ain't BJ's word. Not Pastor Michelle. Not Pastor Will. Not Ava. So we have to hear the word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I love that scripture. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, faith will rise up on the inside of you when you listen to the word of God. You can't listen to somebody like Andrew Womack and not have any faith. I mean, when the man talks, you just feel something. You're like, yeah, I do ha already have it. I do already have it. Amen. You know, there are certain people that when they speak, you can, it, it, it burns inside of you. Why? Because it's the truth. The truth is what sets you free. And the word of God is true. There's a lot of opinions about the word of God, but I'm here to tell you it is the truth. It is the life. There is no other way to live this abundant life without God's word. So first thing we have to do is hear the word. Hear the word. And that's part of it. The second thing we have to do is get a picture. See, this lady, she had a picture of her own problem. She was living in it. She didn't need a special Pinterest board to see what her problems were. She had, she had it all on a spreadsheet. She had it all. She knew her doctor's appointments. She knew how much it cost. She knew how, uh, how much she needed to work and whatever she was doing, she knew about her problem, but she heard about the Lord, and then she said to herself, if I could just touch his clothes, 
I'll be made whole. So you have to get a picture on the inside of you. See, she had a picture in her mind. She had a picture. You know, all of us are believing for different things. Jesus is good for all of it. His word is good for all of it. If you need provision, there's scriptures that you can listen to. And not just listen, but get it in your spirit. Get it in your heart. The Bible says to hide his word in your heart. Meditate on it day and night. That means go over it. Chew on it. Dream on it. Hide it in your heart. Go deeper. It means press in. Press into the word of God. Press in like you've never pressed into God's word before. And I promise you, God's word is not like a cool book. It is the best book. It's not like Harry Potter where you can get in the swirly twirly and you're, you know, like imagination land. No, this is real stuff. It's real. It's life. It's abundance. So I want you to go deeper. And as you begin to dive into these into God's word, as you begin to find scriptures that are yours, ask the Holy Spirit for revelation. Ask him. He will give you revelation. So number one, listen to God's word. Number two, get a picture on the inside. Come on, sometimes you gotta say to yourself, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. Sometimes you gotta say stuff like that to yourself. Get a picture, not your mama's picture, not your daddy's picture, not your grandma's picture, not so-and-so's picture, not Andrew Womack's picture, but your picture. I can't have a picture for you. You gotta get your picture. What does your picture look like? Does it look like a new house? Does it look like healing in your body? Does it look like understanding God's word for the first time? Whatever you're believing for, God wants to meet you where you are. All right, so I'm going to say it again. Listen, get a picture, and number three, you have to press in. And I said it, I said it a minute ago, but I want you to just have this picture. This woman, she's not even allowed to really be around people. She's supposed to be where she was supposed to be, but she heard about Jesus, and she's like, I'm going to take a risk, but I'm not going to take such a big risk. I don't want to make a scene. I'm just going to sneak up on him. <laughs> just going to be a sneaky, sneaky, <laughs> just be sneaky. So she got it. It says she gets into the press. She got into the press, and then she thought, she thought something to herself. I'm sure she told herself even before that. She had to get something inside of her, and she said, if I just touch his clothes, if I just touch his him, I'm going to be made whole. She pressed in. She got into the press and she pressed in. And when she did, she grabbed a hold of it. She grabbed a hold of the thing that she had been speaking, believing, thinking. She grabbed a hold of it. You know, I was thinking about this. I was thinking, you know, a lot of us seasoned people, we know the word. So maybe when we're up here saying, get, get a word, dive into the word, maybe you're like, yeah, 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 I know the word. I do know the word. I can recite it better than you can recite it. Okay, well, that's good. And some of, some of us have pressed in. Some of us have gone real deep into the word. Some of us know the Greek and the Hebrew. And some of us have gone really deep in God's presence. Maybe we're doing both of those things. 
And some of us have also grabbed a hold of the word. This is my scripture. But Jesus stripes, I'm healed. I'm pressing in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's how I walk around. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to make light of this because I want you to understand that we know how to name it, claim it. We know how to find the scriptures. You can Google all the healing scriptures you want. But there was a thing that this lady did that was different than naming it and just claiming it, naming it and claiming it. She got a picture See, we're missing that element a lot of times. A lot of times we know the word, we know to press in. All right, I'm going to turn my worship on. I'm going to just press in for a minute. And that is awesome. But we get on the phone five minutes after that, and we are like, it is well with my soul. And then we get on the phone and we're like, it ain't well with my soul. It really sucks right now. Right? Sorry. <laughs> or we're driving in traffic and we're like, it's not great. I hate everyone in this car. Right? I'm just trying to be real here. It's true. I know it, it's just me, but I know it's you too. <laughs> because I know, because sometimes when y'all come into church, you look like you've been sucking on lemons. <laughs> no, I was thinking about this, okay? One of my favorite scriptures, we say it a lot. You're the head, you're not the tail, you're above and not below. You, you know, you're a lender, not a bar. We say that to our kids all the time. They know it. It's in their heart. You know, one of the things, one of the things that the Lord said to do is write things on your walls, right? And I love to do that. We used to, we used to have little cards and sticky notes, and we put them all over the car, the house, everything like that. You know, go to Hobby Lobby and buy those really cutesy, like, things and put them on your walls and it says, it is well with my soul and all these things. I keep saying that one because I feel like that's just a classic Hobby Lobby picture in my head. It is well with my soul, right? We see that. But then, that's a word. Get a picture. That's a word. Here's your word. Okay, write it on the, the walls of your house. Put it on your doorpost. Talk about it on long trips. That's a word from the Lord. So we do it. But then in the, uh, the very same house, in the very same body, with the very same mouth, we can say the complete opposite of that. And then the picture that we get is really deformed. The picture is not so great anymore. The picture gets a little jumbly, not, not even cute like Picasso, just a mess, an issue, a problem. It's not good anymore. And then we start thinking, well, maybe God isn't that good. Maybe he's, I don't know anymore. I'm not sure. Well, you know, so-and-so said this, and maybe that's true. But see, the difference is when you get God's word, and you begin to press in, and you get that picture, nobody can take it away from you, because it's yours. You know, I love that story when BJ said he was afraid when he was a kid. He was so afraid. And then, and then sweet Amos said, honey, you're going to have to get something from the Lord. I can't give it to you anymore. And his picture was, 
He's, he just asked, Lord, Lord, I need something from you. And the picture he got was at the Corrigan's farm, and there was a, there was a white horse, and there was a mist, and that picture for him represented the peace of God. It represented rest. It represented what he needed at that time. See, that was his picture, and I think he was like maybe 10 or something like that. That was his picture. So I'm, I, what I'm saying this today, I'm not just telling you, yeah, go get a word, go do this. Let the Lord paint a picture. What do we say? Um, I know I, BJ and I, we write, we write a lot of his messages together, and we talk about them a lot. One of the things we love is in Ephesians, I think it's 118 or something like that. Um, she'll put it up. But it says, let the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. We talk about that a lot. It's your imagination. You know, that lady with the issues, she was enlightened that day. She got a picture in her imagination. If I could just grab the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. See, you have to get your picture. I can't get a picture for you. I can maybe have a prophetic word for you, but it's not going to give you life the way that you getting your picture from the Lord for your life looks. So number one, hear the word. Number two, anybody remember? Come on, get a picture. Number three, press in. Press into God's word. Press in to that flow. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people want to know, like, what should I be doing? Come to church. That's what you should be doing. Come to church. Get in the flow. I don't know why my life is a mess. Well, be around people that will, that will help you. Like he was saying earlier, I realize I can't do everything alone. Encourage people. Not, I, we don't even have that many chairs, so I don't know where we'll put them. But I'm not saying bring them so we can fill up these chairs because people, bring them because people need to be around this. They need to be around being edified, being encouraged. We need it. Even the seasoned ones of us need encouragement. Even the young get tired and weary. But as we were talking about last week, we're going to wait on the Lord, and he's the one that's going to renew our strength. Amen. So listen to the word, get a picture, press in, and then reach out and just grab it. It's just that simple. It really is simple gospel. Just reach out and take a hold of the word and don't let go. And we say this all the time, but if you don't quit, you what? Oh, you win. Okay, so if our faith is directed by hope, if we don't give up, we win. Faith plus action equals something. It equals something. And in this woman's case, it equaled her healing. And in your case, it might equal walking into to a place and getting a new job or, or something like that or, or just having a contentment on the inside of you. You know, if there are people in this room that just aren't content, I want to encourage you to press in. Press into Jesus. Press into the word of God. Press into the body of Christ. If you're just, if you're just feeling like down, press in. Get in the press. It doesn't matter if you're sneaking. 
Oh, I'm just going to slide in this one right here. This looks kind of fun. It doesn't matter why you're pressing in. <laughs> like I said, God doesn't care if you're going to just sneak or if you're one of those people that just would run. I feel like if it was me, I would just be running and making a big scene. But this lady wasn't like that. And you know what? It doesn't matter. She got her healing, so it didn't matter at that point. And she was kind of afraid. She was trembling. That's what the Bible says. She was trembling, and Jesus said, who touched me? And they were like, are you kidding me? There's like a million people around. He's like, no, virtue left me when this woman grabs me. And I'm telling you, you have the same thing inside of you that this woman had. She was no different, no different than any of us. In fact, she wasn't even like, she wasn't even allowed to be in the same places that you are. She had to be on the outskirts. So when she heard and she pressed, she touched his garment and she said something to herself. So I just want to encourage you today. Get a word from the Lord. Grab onto it. Press in and get a picture on the inside of you of what that looks like in your life. Come on. Get a picture of not being depressed. Get a picture of not being suicidal. Get a picture of being pregnant if you want to have a baby. Get a picture of being completely healed and delivered and set free from depression, uh, alcoholism, whatever it is. Get a picture of what you look like, not other people. Get a picture of you because God can't deal with everybody else in your life. He's going to deal with you. Just like I said, I feel like I'm the one with the issues and you need to take care of BJ because he's really getting on my nerves today. And the Lord's like, no, I just need to do some surgery on your heart. And that's what I feel like the Lord is saying today to, to us, that he wants to do something on the inside of our hearts individually. And he wants to paint a picture for you. I, got, I have one more point. Are we still here? Is everybody hanging with me? Okay. All right. Good. So she heard about Jesus. Man, that's so good. Because when you hear about Jesus, faith begins to rise up inside of you. Faith comes by hearing. I know I said that, but I'm telling you, it comes by hearing God's word. It doesn't come by hearing everybody's opinion. I said it again, and I'll say it again and again. And can I just say this? You don't need more faith. You don't. Because in Romans 10, 17, it says that you have been giving, given the measure of faith. No, not Romans 10, 17. So sorry. Romans 12, 3. According as God hath dealt to every man and woman the measure of faith. Period. That's yours. If you want it, grab on hold of it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God gave us the same. He's given you and me and everyone else. He's given you the measure of faith. He's given it to you. He didn't give you, you know what, Pastor Michelle, she's really extra. I love her so much. I'm going to give her a big pile of it. But you know, Pastor Tom, he's a little quiet. He's only getting a mustard seed. He doesn't do that. <laughs> Unless you're talking about Georgia, then, I mean, you're an open book for sure. No, but God doesn't do that. God gives you the measure of faith. You don't get, when you're a baby and you receive the Holy Spirit or when you receive salvation, he doesn't give you like a little baby junior version. He gives you all of him. 
And so you have the measure of faith. Now, some of us work out that stuff differently. Some of us are working out that, that faith that the Lord has given us a little differently. But if you've been thinking, I just need more faith, no, you just need to let the faith grow inside of you. Because God's not out here just dishing out big over here and little tiny over here and uh, medium for you. No, he gave you all of him. When he died on the cross, he did a finished work for you, for you. So we need to begin to let it rise up and grow on the inside of us. So this lady with the issue, she let something rise up inside of her. And you know what? There's another story in Genesis chapter 13. I don't have to go through the whole thing. But there was a man who was called a friend of God. I mean, any friends of God in here? The Lord is my best friend. Are we not sure about it? Okay, that's cool. He's really great, though. You should check him out. He's awesome. Okay, so there was a man named Abram in Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 through 17. Abram was, was um, a friend of God, and God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. And this is after him and Lot have separated. So he says, I'm going to bless you. And you are going to have descendants like the dust. And I mean, you're just going to walk through this country. You're going to be amazing. You're going to have a million kids. You're going to be so blessed. You're going to be outnumbered, all this awesome stuff. He tells them that in Genesis 13. And he says, I'm giving it all to you. Now, come on, that's a good word, right? It came straight from God's mouth to Abram at that time. He had a word. He even gave him a picture. But you know what he tried to do? He tried to work it out on his own. So he got the word. He got the picture. He was even friends with God. He had a good relationship with God. But he tried to work out his promise on his own. And in Genesis 15... Chapter, uh, chapter 15, verse 5 says, God took him outside again because he was getting really aggravated with God. He's like, God, you said that I was going to do all this stuff. And God was like, all right, come outside for one more minute. Go outside. Come on, buddy. And he took him outside and he said, look at the sky. Count the stars. That's how big your family's going to be. And then what happens? He tries to work it out again. And then he goes and takes his, his old lady's friend and all the things start happening. And then everybody's mad and all the headache and people are fighting. There's wars happening. It's crazy town. He's giving his wife to the king. Like all these things are happening. It's crazy. And then Genesis chapter 17, it says, Abram, overwhelmed, fell flat on his face. He was overwhelmed. Anybody been overwhelmed this week? Anybody overwhelmed right now? Are we up to here or are we just full of the promises or what? Okay, no response. That's cool. <laughs> uh, so he was, he was working. He was trying to work out his promise. You know, he was a little different. That's why I wanted to give you two pictures here because there was a lady. She had lots of issues. Abram had his own issues that he kind of created. 
He wasn't born with these issues, but he made issues for himself. I mean, he had a good relationship with God. He even had tons of provision. He had a lot of provision, actually, way more than the rest of them. And God was blessing him, but he tried to make things happen in his own strength because he was a self-made man at that point, right? He was like, I am killing it. I am doing a great job, really. I mean, God is my, literally my best friend. He's awesome. So, but he made a lot of issues for his own self, and he got into some trouble, and he got into some problems, and then he humbled himself and fell flat on his face. And that's my favorite part. He fell on his face, but you know what God did because he was his bestie? You know what he did? He said, I'm going to call you Abraham now. I'm changing your name today. I'm changing your name. And God made an everlasting covenant with Abraham that day. He changed his name. He changed the whole situation. He gave him a bigger picture and said, I am going to bless you. He came to his house. They had dinner. He talked about the whole thing. He said, I'm going to, your wife, I'm giving her a baby. And they're all laughing and they're having a good time. He's like, why'd you laugh? He's like, I didn't laugh. Whatever. They all were laughing. And God blessed him with the son named Isaac. That means laughter, right? So God turned everything around and he changed his name. I mean, his life got pretty abundant at that point. I, don't, I feel like his joy cup was overflowing. He's like 100 years old and he has a baby and he's the cutest little baby and his name is Laughter, like he's awesome. God overflowed him. But did you know that the covenant that he made with Abraham that day is yours today? right now, the same covenant he made with him, he made with us too. And that is the abundant life that he came to give us. And if we are living in any version of lack, I am telling you, get a word from him. Get a picture from the Lord. Don't try to make it happen. You can't Jericho march it to pieces. I like to say that. I like to Jericho march. I like to pray in the spirit, and I like to Jericho march around things. Hallelujah. But getting a picture, if that helps you get a picture, do it. But don't just try to get in the way of the Holy Spirit. Let him do his work. You put your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, and then he brings the increase. He's the one that is performing his own word. So you don't have, it takes the pressure off of you trying to make you awesome. He makes you awesome. He lifts you up. He encourages you. Just get that, get that word from him. See him. Become friends with him. It's okay to be frustrated. You can tell him your frustration too. But he's going to change your name. I guarantee you he will change your name. If you bring frustration, if you're overwhelmed, if you're just, my cup is empty, Lord, and he's going to be like, that's okay, baby, come over here. And he's going to give you the coolest name ever, and you're going to know that you know that you know that you know that he loves you. I hope that this is blessing y'all today. <laughs> okay, I'm glad, because it was blessing me for sure. There is one more thing I want to say. 
I want to ask the band to just go ahead and come up to as we're just closing out. But I do want to say this. You know, this is not just like a magic formula. This is not, oh, I'm just not saying like, get a word, get a picture. Here's my 12-step program on how to live the abundance of God. What, what I'm telling you is putting your focus on the Lord is going to put your focus off of you and your issues and all the other people's issues that are around you. And it's going to change the way that you begin to think. It's going to change the way that you even interact with yourself. We were praying this morning before service, and we just began to break off the spirit of depression. And I just feel like right now in this moment, there is a lot of depression that is trying to just creep on you. It's just like that lady was sneaking. That, that depression is trying to sneak on you. And it's trying to grab a hold of you. But the, that's why I started with John 10, 10 this morning. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give life. And I'm telling you, God wants to give you life this morning. If there are places inside of you that have been down, I don't know if that resonates with anyone in this room, but I want to just speak to that. I want to speak to that sadness. There is a true, true sorrow, but did you know Jesus was a man of sorrows, and he was also a man of great joy. And he knows, and he saves all of your tears. So if your joy cup is not full right now, I'm just going to invite you in to just, we were talking about entering into the fullness of joy. The Bible says where the presence of the Lord is, there's a spirit of freedom and there's fullness of joy. So if joy is, is a third of the kingdom, God wants you to have it. He wants you to operate in it. He wants to work it out in your life. So I just want um, to invite you into this moment of worship. And if you, if you just have been in a funk, I just specifically was just feeling that this morning as we were praying. I'm just going to pray, and then I want us to just stand and respond to God for a minute. Why don't we just go ahead and stand up now? And maybe, maybe it's not something that heavy. Maybe it's not depression, but maybe it's you think, well, I don't know, you know, this is how it happens in the, in, in the natural. So, like, I'm believing for this thing, but, you know, like, if it happens, it will. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Now, I'm telling you, the word of the Lord is you have favor. Wherever you go, you have favor. So, take that word if you needed that today. Get a picture of you walking in. Uh, if you are buying a house or selling a house, whatever, that you have crazy favor over your life. And because of who you are and because you are friends with the Lord, He is causing you to have favor. And depression, we, we tell you to go back to hell where you belong. Depression, you don't get to stay in our body. You don't get to attach yourself. You don't get to grab a hold of our hem of our garments. <laughs> no, you don't. Depression, we tell you, you have to bow down to the name of Jesus. And as we begin to lift you up, Jesus, I thank you, Father, that all the things of the world, all the issues, all the problems grow strong 
grow smaller and smaller in light of you, Jesus. Jesus, your name is higher than cancer. Jesus, your name is higher than depression, higher than anxiety. Jesus, you are bigger and better, and the finished work of the cross is greater. So we give you all the glory. We give you the honor right now, Jesus. And we thank you, Father. We thank you for your word. And I pray right now that the word that has come forth, God, will produce life in us. And right now, just let the Lord begin to paint a picture on the inside of your heart. Whatever you're believing for, whatever you've been asking the Lord, God, show me. I want to know. How do I get there? Whatever those questions are, let the Lord paint a picture right now on the inside of you. And God, we just press into you right now. Just as we go into worship, we just press right into you, Jesus. And we say yes. Yes. Yes.